2: Well, nice enough to join us, who works for the network, who will be carrying uh, 76ers basketball. He covers the Philadelphia 76ers for NBC Sports Philadelphia. Also the co-host of the Sixers Talk podcast. His name is Paul Hudrick. Paul, what's up, man? Hey, John. I got to say, I'm pretty sure my uh, colleague Amy Fadul will be all over wanting that song
0: played <laughs> uh, during pre- and post-game live, so I would expect to see it.
2: That's That's great to hear. So, Paul. I I can't I can't wait to get I, I got to get right into it. So um, for a very long time, at least most parts of this season, many fans were calling for Ben Simmons, uh, to play more power forward, and somebody else should be playing the the point in given situations. Uh, today, uh, of all times, as they're practicing in the bubble in an abbreviated training camp, Brett Brown, uh, you know, says that Ben has almost exclusively been playing the four. And then a few minutes later, Joel Embiid says that uh, Shake has been playing mostly the one with the starters, and that he's been really good. Paul, I mean, I'm not. What took so long? I guess.
0: Well, they wanted to give the Al Horford thing a chance, you know. I mean, they they signed Al Horford when Elgin did that. They envisioned him starting at the four uh, and being able to space the floor next to Joel Embiid. And as you all know, that has not worked out that way. So I think. From Brett Brown's perspective, he wanted to give that thing a chance to work for as long as he could. I mean, we saw before injuries hit the team, Brett Brown put Al Horford on the took brought him off the bench. Right. So the, from from that perspective, that's not like a new thing. To me, the biggest thing that makes this all possible is Shake Milton going absolutely bananas before the, the play got suspended, <laughs> and you saw what he did and what he's capable of. Now he did that while Ben was hurt. But when you think of what Ben can do, as far as you know, from the perspective of being a screener and a roller, and you think about Shake's skill set as a guy who ran the pick and roll a ton in the G League and a guy who mm-hmm. you know has shot really well and has done really well in catch and shoot situations, it seems like an ideal pairing. So uh, to me, I, I I think I talked to you about this before, John, when you had me on. and I said this is 100% the right move. I, I think Shake Milton should be the starting point guard. You bring Al Horford off the bench and you close games out with him. I think that's the way to go. Uh,
2: A lot of uh, fans, uh, since hearing what uh, Brett and Joel had said earlier today, you know, uh, as much as they like the idea on its principle, they're worried that you're going to see, you know, a shake exclusively at the one at all times. And I quickly say, no. I'd have to imagine that Ben is going to still have the ball in his hands, uh, you know, throughout large portions of a game. What do you think the balance is going to be there, Paul?
0: Well, the biggest thing with Ben Simmons, what is he great at? He's great in transition, right? He's great at pulling the ball off the rim, you know, on a defensive possession, going the other way and turning that into a fast break because he's one of the fastest players in the league, or as Brett Brown likes to say, the fastest player in the league. Um, And so I think that's where you're going to see his biggest – like, it's not like he's going to grab the ball off the rim and give it to Shake Milton. No, he's going to go. Like, he's going to take the ball off the rim, and he's going to run off the floor, and he's going to try to create a mismatch got to find, you know, an open three in transition or try to get to the rim himself. So that part of his game isn't going to go anywhere. Like, he's still going to do that. It's just in a half-court set where Ben Simmons has, you know, has struggled throughout his career, especially in the playoffs, now you're going to run a more traditional offense with a more traditional point guard, mm-hmm. and Ben Simmons is going to play kind of that point forward, uh, you know, power forward type of role. So, yeah, I definitely think there will be plenty of stretches. Like, it's not like Brett Brown's going to run out on the court and tell Ben Simmons to give the ball to to Shake Milton, it's it's not going to go like that. So I think there's still going to be plenty of opportunities for Ben to show that talent off. I mean, look, look, I mean, not, not a one for one comparison, but look, what LeBron James does. I mean, that's a similar type of thing. LeBron James isn't a point guard, but he handles the ball an awful lot and he still facilitates for his teammates. Mm -hmm. So I see a similar role in that regard.
2: Um, Before I get into Shake, I got one more question about Ben and, no matter what you know goes on, uh, that the adjustments I suppose that um, uh, Brett makes leading up to the return of the of the NBA basketball, when push comes to shove, and we get to the NBA playoffs, and you know after you get through three and a half quarters and in the final six four two minutes, it goes to half court sets. Uh, Paul, what are you? Uh, I shouldn't say hopeful for expecting of Ben Simmons uh, when we get to that moment in time. Are you expecting him? when a defender sags off to shoot if he's 18 feet away are you expecting him to drive the lane and and draw a foul i mean what are you expecting from ben i have no idea
0: i really don't <laughs> and
2: it's it's
0: so hard to know because i mean and john we've seen him in warm-ups just knock down shot after shot after shot and just do it and when in the limited opportunities he's done it in games i mean we've seen it he's taken it he's made it i mean he's made The only legitimate three-point attempts he's taken is, at least this year, have all gone in, um, including the preseason one. So it's not like the skill set kind of isn't completely there, but I still don't think he feels 100% confident. Did these four months, did something change? Did a light bulb go off? I don't know. I mean, my tendency is to think no. He's still probably going to defer. So my thing is, going back to this, what what originally started here is just I, I, I expect Brett to use him more as a screener and a roller in those types of situations. So you'll see a Josh Richardson with the ball in his hands or a Tobias Harris as the ball handler and then setting up screens and rolling to the basket. Mm-hmm. That's what I expect to see in crunch time situations. Um, I, I, I don't see a scenario where he kind of just has the ball uh, it, it, in crunch time, you know, on the wing, wide open. If he gets to that, will he shoot it? I mean, for me, I kind of hope so because I would like to see it. Um, I, that's clearly the next step in his kind of evolution, but – I don't think Brett Brown is going to put him in spots where that's going to be the
2: case. Uh, Paul Hudrick covers the Philadelphia 76ers for NBC Sports Philly. Nice enough to join us this night. Paul, uh, Shake Milton, um, uh, Elton Brand has spoken glowingly of him from day one, and that's why they signed him to a contract. But the question is, do you think Shake is ready to take on this role uh, so early in his NBA career?
0: It's tough. I've been a big shake guy. I mean, I liked him at SMU. Um, I really, I really liked his game then when, you know, the only reason he slips as far as he did in the draft year that he did is because he had a back injury coming in. There was some concern there. Um, But I I would say what, and I I hear the the concerns because it's fair. I mean, this is a guy in the middle of his second NBA season. I think he's played like all of like 50 NBA games in two years. So I get that concern. But I also say, you know, his demeanor, the way he carries himself, the way he kind of just doesn't flinch at any of this stuff. Mm. I mean, this is this is a guy who after the All Star break, Brett Brown told him, "Hey, man, you're not in the rotation anymore, so just be ready." Ben Simmons gets hurt, gets hurt, and then he goes out and drops 39 in L.A. <laughs> against the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who doesn't flinch. So from that perspective, I think. If, if there is a guy who can do it, I think he can. I think he's got the personality and the demeanor. Now, you can't make up for that experience. There's no question. I mean, there's guys who, you know, they, they get into that playoff situation and they struggle to start with, and then over the course of their career, they get better. So, yeah, it is a big ask to ask a 23-year-old guy with limited NBA experience to do it, but I think if anyone has a demeanor and the personality uh, the mindset to kind of do it. I think Shake is one of those guys who can.
2: So the team goes as far as Joel and Ben can take them, and this is where I have a question about Joel, which um, I flip flop about all the time. Uh, ever since uh, the Sixers became available for us to speak to them again, uh, Brett Brown has done nothing but speak lowingly about Joel Embiid's work ethic and all the you know hours he's putting in in the gym, and he he, he, re- he uses the term man hours a lot. Um, and it it's so difficult because normally, you know, you and I, we'd be at the facility in Camden. We'd see him and we'd get a better idea of what he looks like because everybody's worried about the shape he's going to be in. Um, I, I know we want to take Brett at his word, but he's never going to put his players in a bad light. Do you have that worry in the back of your head that glow, that Brett is going over the top to endorse Joel, uh, because he may not be in the best of shape,
0: it's funny you say that only because um when Brett spoke the other day and he specifically mentioned Joel when he was asked a general question about the team being in shape and conditioning and all that, he specifically said Joel stood out to him, and my first thought was like, man, like this is gonna this is not setting up great if that's not the case, you know what i mean like mm-hmm. if this is what he's saying to your point that hey, he's in great shape, and hey, he worked out six days a week and I think he looks great and he's really stood out to me and he comes out and he doesn't stand out in that capacity from game one. It's not going to be a great look. So I I will say this, Sean, I think that, yeah, I hear you that Brett's not, he's clearly not going to throw a Joel under the bus if he thinks he wasn't in shape, but I feel like Brett has really stuck himself out there where if Joel isn't in shape, it's going to look really bad. So from that perspective, I kind of am slightly taking, I mean, we won't know until we see it, but I'm somewhat taking Brett at his, at his word. Mm-hmm. And I, I do see, I mean, in, in the limited time we've talked with you, well, too, you do see a different kind of attitude from him and just kind of, I, I don't know. I get a good vibe and it's nothing more than that. It's just the vibe that I don't see them practice. and I don't see what's going on behind the scenes, but I've gotten a good vibe from him in general about where his mind is and, and what he's focused on going into this thing. You know, despite his concerns, uh, for the obvious, uh, you know, the scenario at Disney World. But I think from a actual playing basketball games perspective, he seems like he's in a really good place.
2: Final question I have for you, Paul. It has to do with the bubble itself. And, uh, you know, teams have only been there a handful of days, not even a week yet. And you've had just two slip-ups already, and they were both, uh, one we didn't hear the details about, but the other was Rashawn Holmes, who tried to get takeout food or food delivered and stepped outside of the boundaries and now has to quarantine for a period of time. Um, I, what's your concern level that as time goes by, it will be more and more difficult to keep some of these guys within the bubble?
0: See, that's not, it's tough. I mean, I don't know if, if I'm necessarily as concerned about that, about actually keeping guys then, because I think. This is an example of Rashawn who said that he accidentally – I don't really know how that works, how you <laughs> accidentally leave the I, – I, I would think it's a pretty clear line where it is, but I guess not. Um, but I would think this would serve as a cautionary tale for guys because like Rashawn got caught and he's spending 10 days in the quarantine and he's not allowed to practice, not allowed to be around his teammates. So I guess what he, my hope is is that guys will see that and be like, all right, cool, like the league's not messing around we really can't joke, like we really can't mess with this, like we have to adhere to these rules or we're going to be in the same spot where Sean is right now. So, I mean, my concern in general is just over, you know, and I've mentioned this like a thousand times on, on our podcast and, you know, uh, you know, Vince Quinn had me on not that long ago talking about the bubble as well. And I've always compared it jokingly to like Jurassic Park, the idea of, control and like you think you have control but really you don't
2: and, yeah.
0: uh, and I think that's the big thing that I'm worried about with this with the NBA is that you're trying to control something that kind of can't be controlled the NBA is doing all that it can but I do just have simple concerns of this is something that we are trying to control that we don't have control
2: of you know what? I lied I have one more uh, question and because I, I you and I uh, have similar likes outside of sports <laughs> and I received word Paul that one of the, you know, the the players have the certain, you know, within the bubble, within the hotels they're staying at, we know they have the game room and they have pool and they can go fishing, but they also have movie screenings. Paul, I found out they are getting an advanced screening of Black Widow. That's messed up.
0: <laughs> Listen, John, if they have to sit in that bubble and be quarantined for however long they're quarantined for, I'm kind of okay with it. I mean, you know, you got to give them something – beyond playing basketball to look forward to. So uh, from that standpoint, I, I'm okay with it. I, I, I understand the excitement level and wanting to see it, but, you know, if that, if that little reward, if that's good for a guy and gets a guy through one night there, then I'm okay.
2: His name is Paul Hudrick. He covers the Philadelphia 76ers for NBC Sports. Phil, he's also the co-host of the Sixers Talk podcast. For links to all his stories, the latest Sixers news, follow him on Twitter at paul hudrick paul appreciate it man anytime john
1: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better